Thank you for tuning in to another episode of Highly Functional. This is Brianne Showman, and I am joined today by obstacle course racer Molly Bond. Molly had a very traumatic injury back in January that is going to take a long time to recover from. My hope with speaking with her is to create a three-part series taking you from her injury all the way through her story of when she is back to racing again. Today is part one where we dive into the actual injury, what happened around that, what she needed to do to get the damage repaired, and where her mind has been throughout this entire process. Whether you are an athlete, a clinician, or a coach, I will think I think you will find Molly's story highly valuable. So let's tune in. Molly, thank you for joining me today. How are you? Good. Thank you for having me today. You're welcome. I'm super excited to get you on here. Um, this is hopefully one of a three-part series that I want to do with you um, because you are so recently injured. You were racing, oh, yeah. um, very recently injured, significant injury. So I really want to get you on and talk about this first part of the injury process of what you're going through while you are unable to train and just kind of everything that's kind of goes around that. So, um, before we get to the injury side of it, just tell us a little bit about yourself, who you are, um, and a little bit about your racing background. Okay. Um, so I have been racing predominantly Spartan races for the past six years. Uh, I've completed over 30 trifectas in that time. Um, kind of last year figured out I like more of the ultra distance. So I've been upping training and getting ready for that. I've done several like ultra marathons and like 50 milers. And actually this year I was going for my first hundred miler that's been put on hold for a little while right now. Um, outside of training and racing, I teach middle school science. So I've been out of work for a little while and I'm pretty excited to go back and see my students. Um, so that's pretty much me. I have two cats, so I apologize ahead of time if you hear me yell at one of them to stop climbing the blinds. He's been having a lot of fun doing that recently, so that's been enjoyable. <laughs> Always fun scolding when you can't move quickly. Oh, exactly. It's great. <laughs> <laughs> well, you had a very significant injury. You were not doing anything necessarily OCR related. You were doing some cross training at the time. Yeah. Um, Tell us kind of what happened with all of that. So my training before I got injured consisted of, um, I had a running coach and I had a personal trainer, um, both who I worked with daily almost. So I was running almost every day. I was lifting weights. I was seeing my trainer to do more of like, you know, body weight and hit type workouts, basically someone to hold me accountable. And they suggested throwing in yoga and rock climbing you know, as recovery. So my injury actually happened while rock climbing. Um, I was with my boyfriend, my dad, my sister and her husband. And, um, you know, it was like the last run of the day and we had been rock climbing for like three hours. I had done this one run three times already. And I was like, Hey, Josh, that's my boyfriend. I was like, why don't you video me? Like, this is great, you know, to throw up on Instagram. And so, of course, he's videoing me, and I do the, the route almost perfectly until in the last grip, which I just completely missed and ended up falling about nine feet. 
landing like completely like foot wrong right on everything all my body weight directly on my leg um i wish i could show you the video because you can see the foot bend and hear the bone snap during the whole process so um after that i just basically laid there for a second and took some inventory as to what i thought was going on and and you know it didn't it, i mean it hurt it stung but i was like oh you know i've just sprained it no big deal um but you know it starts to swell so we were like well we should go to the er and well went to the er and they suggested i go see an orthopedic surgeon like asap oh yeah <laughs> It was great. <laughs> were you able to, to walk out of where you were climbing? I, I did. So the person came over and like, you know, had to do the whole medical thing. And she's like, well, we'll give you a nice pack. And I was like, okay, like no big deal. And I think I had Josh on like one side of me and I was like walking straight on out to everything. Um, when we got to the ER, they were like, can you put weight on it? And I was like, yeah. And I like got up and I mean, it was sore. Like I was like limping, but I didn't think like anything really serious had gone wrong. Cause I walked out of there. I put my shoe on. Um, I was wearing like winter boots at the time. And in the emergency room, I was, I was walking around and I was like, Oh, this isn't bad. And then the next day is when we found out um, how bad it actually was. Would you like me to go on to telling what actually happened? I was going to say, let's dive into that. Cause it's pretty in, in my medical mind, it's pretty fascinating. <laughs> okay. So um, you, we, they could tell that I had fractured my fibula from the x-rays taken at the emergency room. And they had originally told me four to six weeks to get it healed. I was like, no big deal. And they're like, you still need to go to the orthopedic because, you know, something else could be wrong. So we called, got in the next morning, um, and they were like, walked right on in and they're like, so we've already scheduled you for surgery the following afternoon. And I just kind of like took me completely by surprise because they hadn't told me what I had done yet. So I had no idea the extent of any of the damage I had done. And basically the doctor just continues to describe all these plates and screws that he's putting into my leg. And I just, I think, I don't really remember a whole lot. I just remember crying a lot at the doctor's office because I had no idea what was going on. And after leaving there, um, Josh called another orthopedic surgeon and was like, you need to get a second opinion. Like he didn't even tell you what was wrong. So we actually got an appointment for the following morning and that doctor was amazing. He described the injury I guess it's some French name. It begins with an M. I can't even pronounce it whatsoever. But he basically walks in and was like, you know, it's really bad if um, there's a name for your injury. And I was like, oh, so what exactly is it? So basically what happened is my fibulus, I broke it. Um, it's fractured. Well, actually it snapped in half. But in the process, the fibula pulled up from the ankle because I dislocated the fibula and tibia and like an inch like in the wrong direction. In the process, I ended up ripping the ligament that went in between the tibia and fibula. I completely tore off the bone, the deltoid ligament that basically holds your ankle in place. And I um, did something to my Achilles tendon. They couldn't tell right away, but they know with fractures and injuries like that, that you do have Achilles tendon damage to it. Um, I ended up fracturing, I guess, also a part of my heel, but 
they weren't really concerned about that at all, nor were they concerned about the fibula fracture either. It was more of now focus on making sure my ligaments and tendons were going to be put back together. Yeah, a lot. I did a really good job falling rock climbing. <laughs> well, I guess um, if you're going to get injured, you know, make it a good one. Yeah, right. I don't do anything, you know, like 50%. It's always 110% for me, I've decided. And this injury has put me out for uh, at least 8 to 12 months. So so on that note, what did they tell you that rehab or the, not even rehab, but just recovery process right now is? Right now. So um, the doctor suggested that I wait a week to have the surgery. He said there's so much swelling that he was very concerned when they cut me open, like the skin wouldn't come back together how they needed to. So he said, plus, um, if you have surgery with all the swelling that it like really stunts recovery time. So I waited the week, they went in and ended up reattaching um, my deltoid ligament with a screw to my tibia. They put what they call a tightrope. So basically they drill through both tibia and fibia bones. They put plates on either side and a wire in it, like they tighten the wire. And so it basically pulls everything back to where it needs to go. And they ended up having to go in and um, cutting my Achilles tendon completely in half to fix it. And then they stitched that back together. So that was a week after I got injured. I've been in a hard cast right now for six weeks. So every two weeks I go in, we do more x-rays. Um, they, you know, check out my movement, everything. They put a new hard cast on this upcoming Monday. Thank goodness. Um, I get my hard cast off. Super excited about that. Yay. Oh my gosh. I'll be able to like, you know, move my foot. It'll be great. Take it out of there. Let it breathe. I mean, I haven't had a shower on this leg for <laughs> seven weeks now. It's disgusting. Um, you know, maybe repaint my toenails. Who knows? Um, <laughs> And then the plan is provided, you know, everything's healing correctly, is a boot for eight more weeks. So I've been non-weight bearing for the last six, seriously just sitting on my couch for six full weeks with my leg up and elevated. Um, so with the boot, they're going to start with still non-weight bearing for the most part, and then slowly, gradually give me partial weight bearing. So I'll be able to like put, you know, stand on my foot and, and everything. They said that during this time, I'll be able to start um, physical therapy, but like at home. So just like, you know, moving my foot um, in different positions. Um, and then after eight weeks, I should get the boot off and no more crutches. And they said that it will be basically just a brace. I'll start doing physical therapy with an actual PT specialist. And if everything goes well, I'll be running by maybe November, December, but so it's, it's like a year long process is pretty much like the recovery time that they gave me. Yeah. Cause your injury was January, correct? Yeah. January 20th is when I fell. Okay. Yeah. So we're sitting about 11 ish months before you can run again. Yeah. And that's provided like everything goes well. They said it was like, you know, I basically have to relearn how to walk on this foot again because uh, the tendons were so badly damaged that they're, you know, they're really worried about everything healing correctly and not pushing it too fast, too soon type deal. Yeah. And for, for me, I've done a very good job listening, which is a first because I'm all about, let's get this done as soon as possible and get back to everything. But 
that my doctors are very pleased that I have paid attention. <laughs> I would like to walk again. Yes. That would be good. I'd like to race again. Yes. And I think the yes. biggest thing for you is just knowing the athlete mentality of like, it's going to start feeling good. It's like, Oh, I can start testing it because it's feeling good just when I'm walking. But like, those are your most risky times. Oh yeah. Um, I've actually realized that. So the last six weeks were kind of weird. So like the first two after surgery for me, and I was like reflecting on this earlier today, cause someone asked me how it had been going and they made a comment that I seem today to be in much a better like mindset, like a lot more positive than I was a couple weeks ago. So I like was thinking about what she said and I was like, so the first two weeks I kind of, you like in a daze, you had just had surgery for me. Like I really like wasn't with it. I slept a lot. Like I didn't like think about really anything. Um, like my foot for the first couple of days was incredibly painful, but I mean, they had done some major surgery on it to be expected. Then I felt like I slipped into like a really serious depression almost for like the next two weeks because like the surgery wasn't new anymore, but I couldn't see like the end game anymore. It was like, I'm stuck on this couch. Why did this happen to me? Everyone's training. Like my whole social media is all race friends for the most part. So it's all like getting to see what they're doing. So I kind of just threw myself a two week long pity party, I guess you can say, where I was like, not in a good spot whatsoever. And then I had the two week or the four week appointment. And then they told me like two more weeks. And then it was like, I don't know, a light bulb went off where like I could see the end end game, like the light at the end of the tunnel. And like, I feel like I've changed my whole mindset completely around. Like I'm more positive. I haven't been throwing myself pity parties. I keep telling myself, like I have a countdown. I am like, two weeks, you know, like two weeks, that's all you have to do is in a cast for two weeks. And then it's something different. So it was like really like weird, like thinking back on it and how, you know, mentally, like I changed every week almost. That's really cool to hear that process. And it was something I was going to about ready to dive into. So I'm glad you went there. Um, just because we do have when we have these serious injuries and can't do anything like this depression is totally normal because it throws us for a loop completely. I'm curious in those two weeks um, that you were in that funk and then you got pulled out of it because you had like that end in sight now, like what do you think would have been beneficial to you maybe to know or to hear or um, just to kind of think about to that maybe you wouldn't have been in that severe of depression during that time I think um so like I just remember at like that two-week appointment he kept saying you know he didn't give me an end game like I had no dates I'm a very like a type personality so I like need dates and I need goals and just not like having really anything like that um really like almost like messed me up I would say mentally um because sometimes like when he would talk, he would say, you know, like, oh, four more weeks. Other times he'd be like, yeah, it could be like eight to 12 weeks. Like, you don't know how, how fast something's going to heal. And so it was like one of those just, I really had nothing to look forward to. And I think if I had like been able to like visualize something, you know, like the actual end game and, and no, but it just seemed to like the days dragged out. Like I didn't want to see people at all. Um, 
Like I wouldn't like let friends come over. Um, I just like watched a lot of TV, like the whole time I had no motivation to read or to like do anything, which is like a joy. I feel like if I also had pushed myself more to like pick up a book or, you know, let someone come over and visit. Like I did talk to people online and I do have one really good friend who like every day she'd be like, okay, what, what three things good happened today? Like, what did, you know, what did you do? So she like tried to like keep pulling me out of it. But I just think it was just, it was just really hard. Like I live with Josh and, and he would try, but it's like, I felt like I almost had to be more intrinsically like motivated to like stay positive. I think than anything external would have done for me. Okay. That makes sense. And Josh races too, right? Yeah. So probably didn't help that he was training and doing his thing. Oh no. He would tell me, he would be like, so I got to go out for a while. (laughs) And I was like, what do you mean you have to go out for a while? And he's like, yeah, I just need to go out. And then he'd like come out of the bedroom in running clothes and I'd be like, you're going running and I have to sit here. Like, yeah. So that was like very, very hard. Like he kept like, and then he got really sneaky about it. He'd bring like his running clothes to work. So I had no idea he went for a run or anything like that. But that was also a time where like he actually went and ran two races during those like two weeks. And I like, it was a struggle to like, not be angry for him, but like try and be supportive for him because I was so miserable myself during that time. Do you think, and just, I know your mindset is going to continue to change as you go through this process, but do you think you're going, once you're able to walk or at least in the boot or even out of the boot, you're going to go watch some races just to get out there? Or do you think it's going to be too mentally challenging for you? Um, I was actually very upset that my doctor told me I couldn't travel to Jacksonville, um, which was, it was last weekend, mm-hmm. last weekend. Um, and I'm not allowed to travel this weekend to Greek peak. Um, I think being able to go to races is going to only be beneficial and positive for me. Yeah, of course I'm going to have, you know, the FOMO and I'm not, I don't get to race, but I've made so many friends in the community that just being able to see them is going to, I think, make a huge difference and like be their cheerleader on the side and I'll be able to, I don't know, hop around and take pictures of them at obstacles and stuff like that, you know? So I'm really actually looking forward to going to races. We've booked like three plane flights for like later on. And I know I won't be able to race, but just being there, I think is going to make such a difference for me. Yeah. That's awesome. Why isn't the doctor letting you travel right now? So in a hard cast, um, and this is, it's probably not the same for everyone, but my family has a history of blood clots. Mm. So I have to take um, aspirin every day. Um, but he said that because my leg and foot wouldn't be able to expand on an airplane at the altitude, they would have to cut my cast, which then if I moved wrong or someone hit me, um, would disrupt recovery and possibly injure me again. So he um, definitely said no way to flying right now that but I understand sense. it so makes sense yeah it's not I what I wanted to hear swelling. but I figured the the blood clot issue but I didn't think about the swelling part it's the same reason that um he doesn't want me to get one of those like knee scooters um because we asked about that especially going back to work he said that because your leg you know would be in that bent position blood tends to pool 
So he said um, that would be an issue for me. And he also mentioned that a lot of people actually get addicted to them because they make it so easy to move that they don't like force themselves through their PT and to walk again. So I was like, oh, well, that makes sense too. And no, I don't want one of those. I want to be able to walk. <laughs> I was like, that just seems interesting to me. I'm like, wouldn't someone who could walk before want to be able to walk again? You would think, but I mean, I'm all for walking. I would walk right now if they let me walk. <laughs> right? I'm, I'm ready. It'll be interesting, and I can't wait for Josh to video my first steps, but I'm excited. That'll be awesome. You never, I'm, you never posted that video, did you? Of me falling? Yeah. No, I haven't even watched it myself at all. Um, I can, if you want me to. No, I was like, curious. I'm like, I bet you never posted it when you did it. No, it was one of those, it, it brings up, I don't, I don't know exactly what emotion, but it's one of those, like, I, I know what I did and, and I know what it felt like. I, I don't think I want to see it. Kind of like when they first took off all my bandages after having surgery and I got to see, I mean, I have some pretty big, massive scars on my, my leg and my foot. Um, I just started crying. It was just one of those like, oh my gosh, I almost like couldn't handle it. It was just very weird. And whoever tells you getting st staples taken out does not hurt is lying. <laughs> <laughs> you feel them. <laughs> All of them. <laughs> Good to know. Stitches, stitches are fine. The staples though. Those are different. I can imagine metal coming out of the body would not be the most comfortable thing. Yeah, no, no, they're not. <laughs> but no, definitely have not watched the video. Don't think I ever want to see the video at all. Yeah, you know, I can't blame you for that. I mean, some people have no issue with it, but at the end of the day, there's really no reason for it. Yeah, which is weird because before I became a teacher, I did autopsies for the state. So I'm like used to seeing gross looking stuff, I guess. But I think it's a lot different when it's your own body. Mm -hmm. So, oh yeah. Probably your own body and traumatic as well. Yeah. With the way, with how it all happened. But I mean, you could hear like my bones snap on it and, and everything. It was very beneficial to the doctor actually watching the video to oh. see exactly how everything felt because Josh just shows it to everyone. <laughs> I'll just have them. I'll just have them send it to you. Be like, here, this is actually what you did. Awesome. <laughs> you can see it. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> so you're sitting. Let's see. You're getting the boot next week. Um, as far as getting into the boot and being able to walk again, um, obviously that you're looking forward to. But what else are you looking forward to as far as the rest of this process goes on, or at least the next phase of this process? Um. Just being able to be obviously more mobile. Like um, once I get my boot, they actually said I could start driving. So that will be interesting because it's been what, like seven weeks without, you know, driving and only being a passenger in a car. Um, I'm super looking forward to showering, <laughs> like without having my leg hanging out the shower. It's very excited for that. Sleeping without having a cast on and like, because I don't have to wear my boot to bed. So I'm very much looking for, forward to that. Um, and just, I think, everything that comes with being more mobile and having more of like that freedom and that independence that I don't have now because people have to, you know, help 
get my coffee in the morning for me because I can't carry a cup with crutches and, you know, make dinner and drive me places. Um, so definitely, yeah, just being able to like get back to being me, I guess. And I'll be able to go to the gym and granted it's only going to be like upper body stuff, but like being able to work out again. I mean, I do have like my 10 pound dumbbells now, but it's a big difference from sitting on the couch doing, you know, like bicep curls versus like actually going to the gym and being able to like use the machines there. Um, I'm going to start going back to one of my trainers and he has a whole like upper body program that he's going to work with me. So I think I'm just looking forward to like progressing and making progress and moving forward and getting myself back to the condition that I was in before I got injured. Very cool. I like that. So excited. (laughs) Any final thoughts that we haven't covered that you feel as far as dealing with injury, depression, the process you feel is really important to mention? Just, just, you know, trying to stay positive and find a group of friends that is going to like help you through this. Um, I got care packages and cards from so many people, which I definitely think like really helped. I mean, they, I got everything from like books to, um, you know, some of my favorite snacks. Like my cousin sent me an Amazon box of like 12 bags of goldfish, like, (laughs) cause she knows I love goldfish, you know, I've, so I've gotten like books and clothes and, um, like race stuff and everything you could like possibly think of. So it was like really nice, like knowing that I'm not just a racer that I'm someone else too, that, you know, um, people are friends with type deal. Like I wouldn't trade in any of my friends for like anything right now. Um, so just having that support group with you that when you're having that bad day, Um, and you're crying and you're just miserable because like I said, I went through like two weeks of that, just knowing that there was someone, if you needed to talk to, like you could talk to someone about it. So. Awesome. Thank you for that. If someone wants to follow your journey, where can they find you? Um, so you can find me on Facebook. It's Molly Bond. Um, uh, Instagram is OCR underscore Molly. And in, on my Instagram page, I actually put a link. I've written a blog through, um, about my whole injury. Um, I update it, you know, whenever I feel like there's something that needs to be said and you'll see, I mean, I've talked about the ups and the downs there. You'll see the bad days and you'll see the good days. And if you feel like scrolling down, you get to see some pictures as to what my actually injury and everything is. I think my cats are on the, in pictures an awful lot because they've been the best nurses ever. So those are a couple places. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for your time today. Thank and you for having me. Like I said in the beginning, I'm excited to follow this journey and we'll definitely get you on again later, um, kind of as okay. you're in the middle of everything so we can get an idea of how the rehab process is going. Sounds good. I look forward to it. Thank you so much for having me and letting me share my journey with you. You're welcome. And that concludes this week's episode of Highly Functional. If you enjoyed it and found the information helpful, I invite you to head over to Facebook and join my group, Obstacle Course Racing Athlete Health and Performance, where you can both join your OCR tribe as well as find very helpful, useful information on how to become a more dominant racer, a more resilient racer, 
and truly race at your peak performance. And until next time, let's go out and be highly functional.